Southwestern family of companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, our diversely and amazingly accomplished guests share their insights and inspirations to help us ignite our own. So let's invest attention together to breathe, to reflect and refocus, and decisively defeat that voice we call Mr. Mediocrity. Then let's enjoy moving forward to make a positive difference in our world. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. Well, welcome to the Action Catalyst. Uh, this is Dan Moore, and I am so delighted today that we're going to be spending some time with Andy Andrews. Now, you're going to recognize him most likely for more than 200 appearances on national television. My guess is you're going to recognize his voice. He's done over a thousand radio interviews. And if you spend any time at all listening to Sirius XM's comedy channels, you'll find that portions of his speeches have been excerpted there multiple times. They play every single day. And he's not a comedian. At least he says he's not. Uh, <laughs> he is a prolific author, having written 25 books so far, translated into more than 40 languages. And among those are several New York Times bestsellers and modern classics. It's absolutely the right word. The Traveler's Gift one of the most incredibly impactful books that I've personally read, as well as The Noticer, about a person named Jones who has a big impact on the lives of people that he's there with. The Traveler's Gift was named on ABC's Good Morning America as one of the five books you must read in your lifetime. So if you're where you can take notes, or if you're not, remember this, Andy Andrews, The Traveler's Gift. I agree with that assessment. He's been to the White House on several occasions, and four different presidents have requested that he speak, and he has done so. He's also coached our nation's Special Operations Command for eight years, and in addition, been part of nine college football championship teams in a row. He's been a consultant to Fortune 500 companies, small businesses, and sometimes even entire communities who hire him to create a starting point for extraordinary results. There's a new book coming out in June. It's called The Bottom of the Pool, about thinking beyond our boundaries to achieve extraordinary results. And I love the quotation that one of the New York Times reporters said about you, Andy. Andy Andrews has quietly become one of the most influential people in America. So, Andy, welcome to the Action Catalyst. Buddy, thank you, Dan. I appreciate it. I am honored to be here with you. Well, we are just delighted. Now, today, when we hear these tremendous accomplishments, the many places you've been all over the world, uh, advisors to top people in every regard, it's probably difficult to realize that it wasn't always that way. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, just sitting here and listening to you say that stuff is kind of hard. Um, you know, one, one of the things I think I, I want to get my wife and go, listen to this, you know, <laughs> but I, but it, it, it is, um, you know, it's taken a long time. I, 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 you know, I can't help but think sometimes, you know, people will come up to me and, after I speak or after they read a book and they'll say, wow, I wish I'd have met you 30 years ago. And I'm like, no, you didn't want to meet me 30 years ago. I couldn't have helped you at all. So it is taking a long time and I'm still on a journey of learning and seeking wisdom and, and, uh, you know, really thrilled to be here with you, your, your background and, uh, you know, leading you to Southwestern and then you being there as long, boy, that speaks so much to you and to Southwestern. And so very honored to be here with you. Well, we are, we're privileged to be in a position of building character in young people for a very, very long time. And it is a great, a great honor. 
but I wonder if you wouldn't mind carrying us back. I know when you were 19, you had almost consecutive crippling blows that hit you in your personal life and, and sort of what happened and how right. you responded after that. Well, my, yeah, I was 19 and my mom and my dad died in the same year. My mom of cancer. Uh, my dad was killed in a car accident, which, um, you know, same year. That was a crazy time, as you can imagine. But I, I've always had the ability to take a bad situation and make it worse. <laughs> I did. I, I made some bad choices during the time. And, you know, none of them really uh, what what you would look at and go, oh, you know, disastrous or there was no pathological thing. There's no, um, you know, addictions or anything like that. I just made a little bitty kind of bad choices, probably, you know, more financially than anything. It ended up literally homeless before that was even a word. Um, you know, 35 years ago, nobody was talking about homeless people, but that I mean, there wasn't a term anybody used, but I was living on the beach and sleeping under a pier and in and out of people's garages, which is not safe or smart, but I did. And, uh, yeah, that was a that was a crazy time. Mm -hmm. What what were the what were the steps you took to sort of pull gradually? Because I know it doesn't happen instantaneously right. out of that mode mentally, as well as actions that you took, because well, the brain the brain is the start of it all. Yeah, I, I met this guy, uh, an old man. You mentioned him earlier, an old man named Jones. And, uh, you know, we didn't really know where he was from. We knew he was in and out of town, but we didn't know where he stayed when he was in town. Didn't know where he went when he was out of town. Uh, didn't know how old he was. He was one of these kind of guys you look at and goes, he 80 or 180. We weren't really sure. And uh, didn't know what was in the suitcase he carried around. But he was the first guy ever to tell me the truth about myself. And, you know, when I say that, I, you know, Dan, when you meet somebody who's having a hard time, what do we do? We, uh, you know, we give them $5 or we put them on the prayer list at church. But rarely do we tell them things about themselves that might make them angry at us. And uh, that's what he did. He And, you know, people say, so he made you mad? Oh, yeah, all the time. But where am I going? And I'm living under a pier. But, um, you know, he he created a thought process in me that lasts until this day. And, um, you know, I was 22, 23 years old. And uh, like, I mean, I don't know what you were like when you were 22, 23, but I knew everything. Uh, you know, I would interrupt him and I said, well, let me tell you what I think. And he'd talk and I said, OK, but I've been thinking He'd talk and I'd say, okay, but one thing you need to think. And one day he said, you know, that's kind of dangerous. You need to be careful with that. And I said, what? He said, that thinking thing. He said, a lot of people live their entire lives and never figure out that you can't always believe everything you think. And that really, uh, that really stuck with me. It probably took 20 or 30 years to unpack it. But it stuck with me that a lot of the things that that I thought or a lot of things that I believed, there was more to it. And um, he started me reading biographies, um, gave me three biographies. That, you know, it was uh, Winston Churchill, um, George Washington Carver and Will Rogers. And I had never really liked biographies because they made me read them in school, I guess. And 
I was always kind of a sports illustrator person, but um, I remember that night I knew they were biographies because it, that's all it had on the, on the spine was their name, you know? And I, I said, biographies. And he said, no, no, these are adventure stories. These are mysteries and romances and thrillers and they're true. And I, and I remember later reading the Winston Churchill one, and I, I wasn't even really intending to read it, Dan. I was kind of getting into it just so that when, because I knew he would say something, so I could say, yeah, I'm reading Churchill. Um, but I, I remember reading right at the very first that, that he met some little girl, and it said that one day she was to become his wife. And I remember thinking, well, there's the romance. And uh, then... You know, every chapter would end with, and if he had only not gone through the door, Winston would have never. And I remember thinking, well, there's the mystery, you know, and then the World War II stuff started, and there's the thriller. But I got hooked on these books, and I knew I knew that I was thinking that way because he had put that, you know, in my mind, that mm. adventure, romance, thriller. Uh, but I... I understood that I was still thinking that way. It still pushed me into that. And so I ended up reading over 200 biographies, you know, from somebody who wasn't interested in them at all to somebody who was fascinated by these lives. And, and I began to ask, you know, is, is there something somebody can do? I mean, were these people just born this way? Because I knew if they were born this way, I, I, that I was just out of luck. Hmm. But it, was there something they could do? And, you know, what did they do? And how long did it take them to do it? And so, you know, I eventually came to understand seven different principles that were apparent in these people's lives. And um, those eventually became the seven decisions in the Traveler's Gift, which, as you know, is a story mm-hmm. about, about a guy going through a tough time and the dad gets to travel through time meeting with seven historical figures who are going through a tough time in their own life. Gets to be with Anne Frank in the annex and uh, with Truman while he's determining what to do to end the war. And and so each of these seven people give him a different principle that if he puts it in his life, things will change. And that's the story of the Traveler's Gift. But those seven principles came as a result of me living under a pier. Wow. And you were able to take that push that you got from Jones with the questions that he would ask you and the way he would confront your own thinking when it wasn't right and take advantage of that. And that first three biographies led to 200. So sometimes taking the right step gives us momentum. It does. And it gives us a desire, you know, and that momentum is so important because, you know, we've heard about football teams or basketball teams. Wow. They've got the momentum. And, you know, in our personal lives, we need momentum, too, because momentum actually, it it allows you to perform better than you really are. When you have momentum, you actually perform better and, and, and produce results that are better than you really are. But when you lack momentum, you perform a little lower than, than what you really are. Mm-hmm. Now, along the way, you must have had times when you lost your momentum, when you hit a brick, hit a brick wall or blindsided by something in your business or as you grew, somebody 
disappointed you or somebody didn't come through with a promise or a commitment? What what did you do when you hit these brick walls, Andy? Because all of us do. You know, and that has been, you know, that wasn't just then, as you know, that's a constant. Um, you know, I, I really uh, have come to understand that we're all either in a crisis, coming out of a crisis or headed for a crisis. You know, that's part of being with us on this planet. And I, I was talking to somebody the other day that, <clears throat> that said, you know, that they were going through the worst time in their life. And I said, well, you know, I think I have done that, too. I think I have. I said, we won't really know un- until I'm gone. I said, but I think I have gone through the worst time of my life. I, I said, one thing you can be certain of is that everybody has one. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at a life and examine it from birth to death, we could all go, OK, there it was. You know, there was there was the worst time. And and and. One of the things that I you, you ask what do, what do I do when I have these things happen or I go in these crisis modes? There there are two things. One thing I do, and one thing that I remember. Um, the thing that I do is something. Something. Yeah, you know, people ask uh, when they get in these tough situations. They go, "What do I do now?" What do I do? And and most people, when they don't know what to do, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And the answer is always something. Now, you can take it from there. You can't do everything right now, but you can do something right now. And if you're looking for answers, ask good questions, okay? Because the quality of your answers will be determined by the quality of your questions. If you are asking bad questions, you're going to get bad answers, you know, and I'm talking, I'm not necessarily talking about uh, when we're seeking wisdom from somebody else. I'm talking about these things that we say to ourselves during these times. Um, and and, I, and I'll tell you, it's curious that we talked about the traveler's gift, because that was the period of time in my life that I actually learned this lesson. Because I, uh a lot of people don't know this. And I'll tell you something about the Traveler's Gift for it before I tell you this is that the Traveler's Gift, you know, it's sold over a million copies in the United States, you know, millions around the world. It, it was, uh, it's still the second best selling book in the history of South Korea. <laughs> and, and the answer is Harry Potter, if you want to know. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, I, I, you know, I, I tell you this. Not to brag about the book, I tell you this because the the little secret about the book is fifty one publishers turned this book down. You know, over a period of three and a half years, fifty one publishers said that what I had written was not worth putting on paper. And so, when you think about the success that the book has had, and you think about fifty one experts and all that time. But I look at this, Dan, and I realize I probably extended the period of time that I had to wait on this book by asking bad questions of myself. I would ask questions like, well, is this book just not as good as you think it is? And of course, my subconscious immediately, you know, when you ask a question, whether it's good or bad, 
your subconscious immediately goes to work answering that question. And so I'm going, you know, is this book not as good as I thought it was? And my subconscious immediately goes, well, you moron. Of course, it's not as good as you thought it was. If it was as good as you thought it was, somebody would have published it by now. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing all your friends by sending this out and saying you need to back up and reassess. I mean, that's what my subconscious is saying. And so that, you know, I'm asking questions like, well, is this just not what God wants me to do? And, you know, my subconscious is going, what do you want him? Come down and burn a bush for you? You know, I mean, <laughs> what do you want? You want him to come and slap you around a little bit? Of course. This is, and, 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 and my answers made me more tentative sending it out and less confident. And I think took the time. I finally asked a question out of frustration. That was a good question. And the question I asked was, man, is there, can you go around publishers? Is there anybody more powerful than a publisher? And just like that, I had the answer. It's like, yes, a publisher's wife. Hmm. And literally a week after I got the manuscript in the hands of a publisher's wife, uh, we had a deal on the book. And that was after three and a half years. And so, you know, when you are in a tough time, you got to remember to ask good questions, mm-hmm. questions that will move you forward. The quality of your answers will be determined by the quality of your question. And the last thing I do, the second thing I do is to remember that there is a proof of hope. Even in the worst time, not, not just an encouraging word about hope, but proof. And, and that is to remember that even in the worst time of your life, you're breathing, which means you're still here. And if you're still here, then you haven't accomplished what you were put here to accomplish. And if you haven't accomplished what you were put here to accomplish, that means your very purpose has not yet been fulfilled. If your very purpose hadn't been fulfilled, that means that the best part of your life is still ahead of you. The most rewarding part of your life, the most important part of your life is still ahead of you. There's more laughter to enjoy, more success to earn more children to influence, more more people to help. There is more. And that's there's proof of it just by the virtue of the fact that you sit here and breathe. Uh, I am so already fired up by the things you're sharing, Andy. They're so right. Uh, I want to ask you one about when you take good questions. A prime example of a poor question would be, why is this happening to me? Right. Because yeah. the subconscious mind will say, because you deserve it, you idiot. And then that's it right. that's gets right. in the that's negative loop. Yeah. Yeah. Why is this happening to me? You know, it, it's just like, it, it's, you know, why am I overweight? Why can't I ever lose weight? And you think about the answers your subconscious gives. Well, you're, you know, your mother was that way and, you know, you have no discipline. But, but, a, but an example of taking that same question and turning it in, turning it into something your subconscious can work on in a positive way is how can I regain the shape I had five years ago or in college? How can I regain that shape and have fun doing it and not be hungry all the time? Okay, well, now let your subconscious work on that. Yeah, because it's a big problem solver if we put the right problems to it. Exactly. It goes to work. Um, Along the way, Andy, with so many accolades, so much success, many people get a temptation to kind of coast a little bit. They just say, let me let this momentum just keep carrying me. 
there's a creature called Mr. Mediocrity that talks in people's ear. What, what do you do to slap down Mr. Mediocrity and uh, not really listen to all the accolades and keep growing? Well, you know, whatever success that I have had, it, you know, people sometimes say, well, what was your big break or whatever? And I, I've never really had one. It's been a, a slow incremental process. And, you know, honestly, uh, I still, I still feel a lot of the same uh, feelings that I felt when I was under the pier. I'm still kind of nervous about tomorrow in a way. I mean, not, not about, I have certainty in what I'm doing and I have certainty in where I'm going. But there is still this little voice in me that I have never even tried to banish that says, come on, get up, wake up, let's start running, let's go. You know, you can't waste daylight. And, and so I, I've also watched, I've watched the careers of some other people. And I remember one time uh, I loved this book. I just, I mean, this book was like a life changer for me. And uh, so loving the book, I was very interested in the author. And and so I I bought the next book and it just kind of, you know, I thought it was kind of a, you know, a rehash of the first book. And then I bought the next one and I thought that was just, and, and I, I just, I stopped getting them and I've, I've watched some people that have hit upon something and then stayed with it and quit learning. And, and I don't want to ever be that person that, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel like an expert at stuff. You know, I, I'm really still. I'm taking seriously uh, the seeking wisdom thing. And, uh, you know, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to understand. My prayer every day is, is God help me to understand some things that you want people to understand. That if they did understand, they would live the lives that that would be the best for them, that and and God, please give me simple ways to explain complicated things that are confusing people. And so I'm not, you know, I don't. It's funny that I've had a hand in, you know, football stuff because I don't really know a whole lot about football. I mean, I'm a fan, but um, you know, I, I work with companies that I don't know tons about the industries, but. I have learned some about people and, and, and that's what I'm, that's what I try. That's what I get after every day is an understanding and a, and a way to explain things that confuse people. And usually the things that complicate our lives are ourselves. Mm -hmm. We get in our own way. This is just, so great. And, and the simplicity with which you share things, I'm just going to briefly go through the, the seven principles in the traveler's gift. Be responsible and make a decision. 
You've done that. Seek wisdom. Listen to people that are there. You've done that. Be a person of action. Just as you say every day, it's time to get moving. Have a decided heart in the face of rejection. 51 publishers. You're, you're twice as good as J.K. Rowling, who did Harry Potter. She was only rejected by 25. <laughs> uh, choose to be happy. Uh, perhaps one of the most encouraging ones is, is forgive. You know, Focus on anger resolution, not anger extension. Now, boy, our Lord, our world needs that today. And then persist without exception. Um, you talk about biographies. I think these principles could be a biography of Andy Andrews. Well, you know, maybe maybe one day I, I'll do one for my boys. You know, but I don't. I I I really enjoy watching the lives of other people and being able to help where I can. Um, I I feel like I've been allowed to experience a lot of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of the tough things that happen in life. And, and I think, you know, I even look at the death of my parents and, and, you know, even today when I run into somebody who has just lost somebody, I, I realize that I have experienced, you know, there's only two ways that people generally experience the death of a friend or a family member. And that is kind of a long drawn out thing. And the other one is an immediate thing, you know, and so I have experienced that long drawn out thing with my mom. My mom had 17 surgeries and it took years and we all knew she was going to die, you know, and Everything was said. And then my father, it it was a call in the middle of the night. And so I've, I feel like I've been allowed to experience a lot of different things so that I can relate to a lot of different people. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's an odd thing, uh, Dan, because I, I run into so many different people that have had so many different issues and and uh you know jones told me one time he said it's not answers people need so much as perspective because perspective about their situation brings calm and calm leads to clear thinking clear thinking leads to ideas and and those ideas can lead to appropriate action Mm -hmm. And so I just, I, I'm trying to give perspective in situations. Right. If we could ever just zoom the lens out enough to see that there's more to it than what we're just so micro-focused on. That's true. That's true. You know, to, to, to be able to see uh, the past very clearly and to let go of the things that don't matter and to be able to project those into the future with the things that that we have going and the things that we hope for with our families and that we desire professionally. Um, it, it's, it's effective if you can, you know, that forgiveness one. Um, boy, if I, if there is one of them that when I work with companies or teams, if there is one of those things, one of those seven principles that has more bearing on people's lives, on their relationships, on their professional production. Uh, it's that one. 
you know, I used to think that forgiveness was like a knighthood, something I would bestow upon some <laughs> lucky person that, you know, came crying and begging me to forgive them. Then maybe I would if I felt like it and if I thought they deserved it. But, you know, 30 years of research and I can't find one expert or one book to tell me for one person to forgive another person, that, that person has to deserve it or to ask for it or to even be aware that it's happening. Now, yeah, I'm not talking about the, the spiritual forgiveness. I'm talking about that from one person to another person. And and I have found that forgiveness, it, it is not only a, a, a spiritual commandment, it's it is a personal decision. It's not an emotion. Um, you know, we treat it like an emotion, which is why it drags us around like a dog on a leash. But you can actually choose to forget. And, and there's so many times, I don't know if you're like me, but so many times in our lives that we've you know, been laying awake at night and thinking about that guy and what he said and what we said and what we would have said if we had thought about it for a minute and what we will say when he walks around the corner tomorrow. And, and you know, this guy's across town sleeping peacefully, unaware that we're even been out of shape. And so whose life it, is it ruining? You know, and, and, you know, sometimes I talk about this and people say, oh, what? So they're just going to get away with it. And nobody's getting away with anything. You have to, you really have to discern the difference in forgiveness and trust because that's two different things. You know, forgiveness is for us. Trust, you know, trust is about them. Remember, they don't even have to know they've been forgiven. They don't have to deserve it. They don't have to ask for it. And so forgiveness is about the past. It's about us doing away with the past so we don't drag it along with us. You know, trust is about the future. Do you forgive somebody who who steals from you? Sure. Do you continue to do business with them? Probably not. Do you forgive somebody who, who lies to you? Yeah. Do you continue to believe everything they say? No. And so, you know, forgiveness is is about us. And and we can also forgive ourselves. You know, if you've been forgiven, you to to drag around uh, the things that you have done. I, I mean, I don't know about you, me, all the people who have offended me in my life. Nobody has ever disappointed me as much as I have disappointed me. And I, you know, I couldn't even lie about it. I knew everything I'd done. Right. And so how do you get away from that? Well, you really can lay down the sticks and whip you've been beating yourself over the back and neck and shoulders with. You can lay those down and forgive yourself and move on. And, you know, whether you are holding a grudge against yourself or holding a grudge against another person, it will affect your life in a dramatic way. You you may not understand what is happening and other people may not understand what is happening but i'll tell you something just like a dog can sense fear in people people can sense bitterness in other people and they don't always know what they're seeing but they don't do business with it and they don't stay married to it forever they don't date it again 
And so that bitterness is something that you you do have control over. I can change that in my life. I can let that go. Mm-hmm. That is incredible insight about, about forgiveness. You know, if we stop swimming in a pond, we stop moving, we're going to sink. And we're swimming all the time with a concrete cinder block tied to our leg until we cut it loose. And that's, that's what right. forgiveness lets us do. That's right. Andy, that is that is so brilliant. Uh, I can't believe how fast time with you goes. <laughs> I wish we had 15 episodes of the Action Catalyst to to share with with our listeners. Can I just say from my heart, thank you. Call you. back anytime you want. Well, the impact that you've had on so many and personally on me. Uh, I'm so inspired when I think about Joshua Chamberlain. Anytime I need a little extra courage when I'm out of ammo, it's such a fantastic story. And I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Hey, we've got a, a brand new thing besides the book coming out. You know, we've got the bottom of the pool that's coming mm-hmm. out. And uh, we've got a brand new website that is just unbelievable. That a lot of people are participating in, and it's called Wisdom Harbor. And that's uh, Wisdom, H-A-R-B-O-U-R. British style. There's a, there's a U in it. It's not yes. me. It's you. So it's it's our, not mine. It's ours. I love it. Yeah, wisdomharbor.com. And there's tons of docs in there that you can visit and be a part of. It's very cool. Well, I plan to be on that today. And that's thanks to you. Andy, thank you so much for being part of Action Catalyst, for being the encourager you are and the liver of life that you are. Thank you, Dan. Honored to be with you. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. To stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. Thanks for listening.